You are listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. During these podcasts, we'll be exploring all of the different opportunities that we get to seize the day on a daily basis and what tools and what changes we can make in order to grab those goals. Are you ready to make change? Hello, podcast lovers. How are you all? I'm Natalie and this is Seize the Day. Now, I have got an incredibly exciting show lined up for you. I've got a lady on who is... well, just ridiculously inspiring. And she's got an amazing story to tell. She is a content alchemist, an experienced copywriter, trainer, and qualified marketeer. And she is founder of Creative Words, which is an organization transforming material into content gold. And if that wasn't enough, she has, like I say, an absolutely well, a remarkable story, really, from battling with and overcoming cancer to losing 84 pounds, now that's six stone in weight, and then starting her own business. Truly admirable. And I'm so excited to be talking to you. Please put your hands together for the incredible Kate Carraff. Natalie, thank you very much. It's that's so good to have up. you on. Yeah, well, you know, why not? You've got to do it, haven't you, sometimes? But I mean, like I say, that is... I mean, we've just talked a little bit before we recorded. It's actually an outstanding story. It, even one of those elements is quite a, uh, an incredible part of anyone's journey. To have all three in a lifespan is, is, is wow. Oh. I mean, it, it's what's really interesting is when someone reads it back to you, you think, yeah, wow, what a story. But of course, when it is your own story, you just get on with stuff. Stuff just happens. Yeah. You know, um, and, and therefore, to me, I, I, it, takes me, it takes a bit of thinking to realise just, just what I've done in my life. And that I've actually got, you know, if I look back on everything that I've done in my life, it's like, oh, yeah, actually, I have done quite a bit. Um, but it's, it's one of those things one never does. Uh, it's one, you know, maybe it's a, an exercise for your readers is to sit down and write down a list of all the things they've achieved in their life and realise just how much they've done. You might get a few other stories from it. Well, you know, you've just hit the nail on the head. And I, I certainly advocate doing this and, and, you know, and talk about it on occasion in podcasts. Reflection's an incredible thing, isn't it? Because more mm. often than not, we cycle through life and we're not, well, we, we get a bit of fear factor, don't we? And we, and we don't tackle things because we don't think we're capable. But then when we look back and we reflect actually on all of our achievements or what we've been through, you, you can sit back and say, wow, yeah, just as you said there, that's actually quite an impressive story. Yeah, so, sounds quite good, doesn't it? Sounds quite good. Let's <laughs> talk about it. I, I mean, I really will leave it in your hands in terms of where you want to start and, and how we talk through it. And I know there's a lot of goods, there's a good lot of learns that we can pick up from it. And there's mindset um, conversations in and around everything you've been through and learns mm. as well. So, yeah, where would you like to start with it? Let's, let's start with me at three years old. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know that sounds like a long way back. Uh, when I was three, someone asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and I told them I wanted to be a cuckoo clock. So I'm just watching you spit your coffee out. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying not to. Yeah, I saw that. I know you have two young children, so it won't be so surprising. I did. I wanted to be a cuckoo clock. Now, my, my dad, my, dad's a, my dad was a teacher. Um, so he understood children and, and, you know, the way children's minds work. And he actually said... She'll be a writer. And I always was. Right from when I was very young, it was picked up in pretty much my first school report that I loved writing stories. My favourite game was Let's Pretend, all of those sorts of things. So it was very clear that that was where my where my imagination and my creativity went. 
Now, when I was 13 and um, at school, they do options. I think they still do options. Long time ago. This is O levels, not GCSE. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, not, yes, I'm older than I look. Um, so they said, what do you want to be? You know, what do you want as a career? And I said, I wanted to be a writer. And the reply was, and I am sure this chap was trying to be helpful. Um, he said that writing tends not to make money. What will you do for an income? Being 13, what I heard was, you can't be a writer, go get a proper job. Yeah. And it's pretty much what I did. So I, I got O-levels, I got A-levels, I went and did a degree in maths. And I got a job as a graduate trainee for Grand Metropolitan, which people won't remember the name particularly now, but has become Diageo and is a massive manufacturing company. So I started off in manufacturing. And that led me into, uh, through various routes, uh, management consulting, originally supply chain, and then change management. Change management consulting is primarily about communication. Yeah. So I was doing communication and those sorts of things. Um, but all the time in the background, I was still writing. So I was writing books for my own amusement and pleasure. Just not doing anything with them, just writing stories because that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I suppose the, the first of the pivotal points in life was 2006. So, uh, well, towards the end of 2005, but it was actually the 20th of January, 2006. I know the date, it was my 39th birthday. Wow. And I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Goodness. So that was kind of pivotal point number one. And you, anyone who's gone through the cancer journey um i mean everyone responds to it differently but there is an element of you kind of you go right okay shit we just need to get on with this and we do we i just got on with it and i did the the, the surgery and the chemotherapy and i did the whole my hair fell out and all of those kinds of things um but what it what it made me realize and it it's so overused as an expression so it sounds really trite but life is too short yeah so i yeah. then went on a campaign to do the stuff i'd always said i wanted to do i went to pompeii because i'd always wanted to see pompeii. <gasps> oh i'd love to too that must have been incredible it's super and going the second time was even more amazing wow i had my 40th birthday in egypt because i'd sworn that i would see the temples at Karnak before I was 40. So some friends took me to Egypt for my 40th birthday. We had my 40th birthday in Egypt. Wow. And listening to people sing happy birthday when it's not their natural language and they don't speak English. So they're singing it completely phonetically. It's a really amazing experience. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, but I got my, I went and self-published one of my books. Wow. So that was my first one. And I kept going with that. So around the edges of work, um, I wrote fiction and self-published it. And I sell 40 copies. You know, I'm not yeah. I've not really done all of the, the kind of the hard work. The, the really hard work in writing a book is the marketing afterwards. Yeah. Although writing a book's hard enough. I was going to say, it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that goes in. Of yeah, yeah. But writing. actually getting someone to buy the thing really really hard um so i've never really done any of that but um but yeah so i was publishing these books always within in this frame of mind of writing doesn't make any money so that was always how i was thinking and where i was coming from with my writing so that's kind of pivotal pivotal time number one was the whole of the cancer piece 
the second one really was as a side effect of that um i became very overweight i'd always had a challenge with my weight i am i am of that nature where um if i see food i eat it um, i was pretty heavily addicted to sugar and to salty snacks all of those sorts of things uh, but but when you uh, when you're on um the sort of the post chemotherapy drugs that cancer that certainly for breast cancer are about managing your hormone levels the hormone responsive cancer they put you on drugs to manage your hormone levels so that the cancer can't get another foothold which all makes sense but one of the side effects is massive weight gain so i became very overweight and round about 2013 something like that i I did what I'm sure a lot of people do, having done every diet, every scheme, every you know, all of the all of the the both the um, the mainstream, the Weight Watchers type things, and also the weird and wonderfuls, the only eat these food groups kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I thought I know, I know what will solve all my problems. I'm going to join a gym. That will sort it all out. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I joined the local gym, um, which was part of one of the big uh, gym chains and as part of the sign up package the offer they were doing at the time you got um i know i got a drink shaker and i got a tub of max tone and one of those kinds of things but you also got three months of coaching uh, of uh, it, it was called the weight loss guru program okay and you look at it and it, it was it was fronted by this chap called pete cohen yeah and it had it all over, you know, GMTV, big celebrity. I'd never heard of this guy. Oh, so really? I'm thinking, who the hell's this Pete Coey they're making such a fuss about? I'd I didn't watch GMT. I watched BBC daytime television, not B not ITV, you know. It was that kind of thing. So I Googled him. Um, I just Googled his name and up came a video. It's still up there now. And he, he was he's this odd-looking, uh, to my mind at the time, this yeah. odd-looking bloke. <laughs> I assume um, you've said this to him before. Yeah, yeah, no, he's heard this. It's all right. Um, bald head, big nose. He was wearing um, <laughs> he was wearing a pink candy striped shirt and a pink tie, which Wonderful. must have been fashionable at the time. But oh dear God, um, <laughs> all of this was the first thing that struck me. And he did this thing. He got he had a fifty pound note. And he's waving it to the audience and he said who wants this 50 pound note and of course everyone's putting their hand up and he says okay you know there's no trick with this and he screw up screwed it up and then he spat on it and then he dropped it on the ground and he stomped on it and he's saying who still wants this 50 pounds because everyone's still going yes yeah, still 50 quid so he picks it up and he goes that's you you've been spat at you've been stumped on you've been screwed over by life but your value has not changed and my, my, I literally, my mouth dropped open because while I come across coaching in the corporate environment, which is usually around, you've got a performance issue. I'd never come across a coach before. Right. I'd never come across someone who could give you that perspective. So I took my three free months because it was like, wow. And it wasn't a diet. Right. It was not a diet. It was a coaching program wonderful so that started me on a completely different journey i started losing weight on the weight loss a guru program um 
and then and I you know I was I was still working very high pressure job um, you know all of that kind of thing and life was pretty difficult and about 18 months later I completely burnt out from work there was a kind of a perfect storm going on for me because my father had died the year before and I was still kind of coping with that um, and taking care of my mum who was also coping with all of that and also I was on a very challenging project and I just basically burnt out so I took a six-month sabbatical and at that time um, the weight loss guru um, marketing division as it were um, got in touch and said look we're going to do some intensive coaching for people would you be interested and I said well okay I've lost quite a bit of weight already um, probably about four stone by that point so I signed up to this to this um, to this program I was, I was struggling to keep it off that was the thing so I thought well let, let's see if this will really make the difference so I signed up to this intensive six weeks and that really did change my perspective completely both of understanding what coaching can do for you but also um how i viewed food yeah and my relationship with food which is it's still a work in progress i still have a bit of a funny relationship with food yeah but um it was very much just understanding who i am and where I'm coming from, which was really what made the difference. And as part of that, I took a few decisions about the kind of food I eat. I gave up sugar. I am completely sugar free. Okay. Originally, yeah. The, originally, the idea was I'll do this for six weeks. I'll go sugar free. I'll take all the grains um, out of my diet for six weeks and see what happens. Um, and at the end of those six weeks, two things had happened. Number one, I felt absolutely extraordinary and knew I would never go back. And number two, because I'd said no sugars at all, and I'd started reading labels, I became very angry with the food industry. Yeah, no, I can well understand that, actually, because it is, it's not even just on the labels, there's a lot of stuff that's disguised within food. There's 51 different names for sugar, you can Google that, 51 different names. Wow! Dextroses and mono, monodextroses, and um, what's the love like, one I love? Evaporated cane juice. <laughs> that's sugar. You evaporate cane, you you basically you pulp cane or, or beet and bring and it back to sugar. Evaporate it and that gives you crystals which are called sugar. It, that's that's the kind of thing that got me really worked up. So really angry with the food industry and the things it's in. So if you buy a cake, you expect it to have sugar in it. You do not expect sugar to be in your coleslaw. You do not expect sugar to be in OXO cubes. You do not expect sugar to be in a soup or in battered fish. It's in everything. Do you know what? This is a really wonderful point you're making here because I, I imagine we're all guilty of it. You know, we run through life, don't we? It's such a fast pace. More often than not, we don't check exactly what it is that we're consuming. You just grab stuff. You grab stuff, yeah. I mean, being at home these past few months or several months, as the case may be, we've done a lot more home cooking. So it's actually been a lot more organic, which is really fantastic. But on the whole, that hasn't stopped us eating sugar, actually. But that's a different story, being at home through COVID. Um, yeah. But on the whole, you, you're right, you just, it's convenience, isn't it, when you're picking up stuff, or you don't take time to actually reflect on what's just within to look that. At it. But yeah. because that six weeks made me look, I became really aware of what we do to our food. And I mean, I've done quite a lot of reading around it and things like that. And there's a, I mean, sugar itself is quite addictive. 
as a substance. I mean, they've done lots of experiments. The effect it has on rats is, is as dramatic as if you give a rat cocaine, for example. Wow. So huge amounts. It's a, it has a psychotropic reaction on the brain. And the problem is because it's in so many things you don't realize it's in, you might say, well, I'm going to give up sugary sweets and, tr and, tr and snacks, but you're still craving them because you're still being fed. It's like, it's as if, the, you know, it's as if the tobacco industry was putting nicotine into our food. You'd have no hope of giving up smoking if it was in everything else. And it's the same with sugar. And this is the thing that got me really quite, it, because I got angry, that, that spurred me into action to really kind of keep, I'm not having any of this stuff in my body kind of thing. It became like a, it came like a bit of a, a personal campaign without it being a crusade that annoys everybody else because everyone has to make their own decisions. And someone who's, who's being a real, um, who's just being really preachy about it is just annoying and people have to make their own choices. So I don't judge anybody else because they do, but I'm quite happy to make sure, you know, people are aware and they make decisions consciously rather than being, it feels like we've been tricked into it. You've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, and something I have no doubt Pete um, advocates as well, and certainly I do. You've, anything we decide or do in our life has got to come from within. It's got to be, you know, something we believe in and we want to do it. Half the time yeah. taking the horse to water, you know, the horse doesn't drink the water if you just tell it to. You've got to do it yourself. But going back to what you were saying, just in terms of it's, it's helping folk understand or be aware of, because certainly I think maybe we do sometimes appreciate what is within food, but we don't necessarily think about it too often. So we forget and then you get on the cycle and then you don't understand why things aren't working. Exactly. Exactly. But just by being just that that sort of element of awareness and asking questions and being curious and, you know, all of that. Um, just helps me understand what's going on. So, you know, if I if I have a day when it all goes completely off track, because believe me, it happens. I'm not I'm not some paragon. Rather than beating myself up about it and saying, well, that just shows I'm a terrible person. I might as well give up. It's just it's that mindset of, okay, so that happened. Do I know why that happened? And almost invariably, it's at the end of the day because I'm tired. And there's a whole massive research about willpower and how willpower behaves um, that, that follows all of that through and makes all of that make sense. And then, okay, so what can I do to, to help with that? Some of it is about, do I, do I not have in the house the things that when you really have a willpower failure, I can go off track, but I can only go off track with something healthy because I don't have junk in the house yes okay or i've got to go out and walk to get it and if i've got to walk to get it at least i'm getting some exercise you know, so. <laughs> there's a balance <laughs> those are the kinds of things that that um is how how i now live my life so i lost that that took me down the last two stones so i lost six stone in total as you said uh, and that was five years ago and Absol i have not put it back on just incredible absolutely incredible i have to say hat off to you because that is willpower mindset I mean it'd be really great for anybody listening to understand where yeah where was your head and your mind and your learns in terms of that whole journey to get to that point what were you like before to what were you like afterwards uh, there's a couple of things around that one is that just that recognition that diets don't work what a diet does is essentially what you're doing is you're putting yourself into a mental prison now, if you were in real prison, all you would think about was when you could get back out again. 
you're in a cage thinking about when you get out. So it's so a diet, the diet mentality, which is around usually around some form of deprivation, um, is you're thinking of it as a completely as a temporary thing. I'm on a diet. And that and that doesn't actually work because then all you're thinking about is getting off the diet. Whereas in fact, what I did was I just changed what I was eating. So it's not I'm on a diet that doesn't include sugar. It's just, I don't eat sugar. I mean, it showed me a load of other things as well. So it turned out when I put grain back in, I'm gluten intolerant. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, gluten intolerant, wheat intolerant. So it, you know, and those, of course, that's my body telling me you don't eat those things. So that helps. But actually, if I if if I've had sugar, I can tell I have a hangover the following day. I actually feel like I have a hangover. Yeah, you've hit the nail. Look, there's a, a lovely a guy called Jason Vale. I don't know if you've heard of him. He refers to himself or is known also as well as the juice master. So he's very much an advocate for juice. So yep. fresh, gorgeous, extracted, beautiful mother nature product directly into your body. Much like you say as well, it's the toxins. Or when we say we're going to treat ourselves to these sugary bits and bobs, actually the result afterwards. And I had, you're saying this and it makes sense. I had chocolate last night and I knew it this morning when I woke up. Felt like I had a hangover. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. a foggy, thick head. But isn't that whole business of I deserve a treat, therefore I'll have something that's going to poison my body? <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it? It's kind of a warped thing. We all learned that one. I mean, we yeah. we know where we learned it. We learned it from very early on. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's a whole. If you think about it, the the food love connection is virtually the first thing every baby learns. You come yes. out of the womb screaming into this horrible cold world. And the first thing that, that, that is done is you, you are put on your mum's chest and you have something to eat. And the, the, the two of those release oxytocin in a baby's brain. That's the, that's the love food connection. So it's, it's, not, it's nobody's fault that that's how we've learned it. But then, of course, you know how it goes when you're little. You fall over, you bump your knee. Never mind, you've been a good girl. Have a chocolate biscuit. There you go. I'm laughing because I, I deserve a result, reward. I'm going to eat something sweet and sugary. And we learn yeah. it really early. Um, and then we can't get out of Even now, if I've had a really good month in business, for example, my first thought is, oh, I deserve to eat out. In, yeah. in fact, what I'm trying to do now is say, well, I would spend that amount of money eating out. So I'm going to go and buy something nice. And so usually I get someone to deliver me flowers instead. <laughs> what a great idea do, uh, do you know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this perhaps from covid you know who have gained weight you know myself included actually and i've got my own program that i'm going to you know work towards in terms of shifting mm. what would you suggest to anybody bearing in mind where you've come from to where you are now some folk might think and i'm not speaking for everybody but, but i just don't want to eat carrots all the time or i don't want to eat cucumber I actually enjoy this how does one change their mindset in order to well, make a sustainable model to help shift the weight and move forward well the first thing is don't if you don't want to eat carrots all the time don't don't I, yeah. I mean I don't like lettuce I mean yeah. that's a shock for anybody who does the whole weight who's done the whole weight loss gamut I don't like lettuce, so I don't. I don't particularly like. I do like vegetables, but I don't like many. Um, so the first thing is, 
you know, don't do things you don't like doing because then you're in the diet mindset and all you'll think about is when you can stop. I don't like getting, I mean, the joining the gym thing, disaster for me. I don't like getting hot and sweaty. I used to love running, but unfortunately can't do that anymore because I've damaged one of my knees. But I love walking. So I walk every single day I walk. Um, I eat natural food because actually if you're eating stuff that you've cooked yourself and know what's in it, if it's natural, ideally, if you can afford it, if it's organic, um, your body's ability to manage itself is considerably better. The more chemicals you put in your body, the more you're messing with your body's natural systems. Um, so there's a whole, the whole thing around that, but don't do things you don't want to do. Don't, make it a misery because you won't do it i love yoga i really enjoy yoga so i do yoga and i do yoga every day and i feel great and i'm quite flexible i can touch my toes i can cross my legs in a chair you know all of those kinds of things which i certainly couldn't do five years ago it's a choice isn't it, it is. you've hit the nail on the head it's about doing it with ease doing the things you like doing if you re i mean you have to recognize if you have truly got an addiction to something you have to then take some rather harder decision i was definitely addicted to sugar and the giving up of sugar was the making of me for i mean it had so many effects on me over and above the weight loss in terms of my mental health my emotional stability um i was postmenopausal, so hot flushes all of those things were affected by making good healthy decisions in what i eat but more than anything else get informed don't don't just go by this is what the government tells us or this is what this diet says we should do get a lot of different views get a lot of expert opinion and read lots of stuff there's tons of people out there who are advocating healthy eating from pilar henarissimo who's the healthy deviant um who else is there who's a really good one um robert rakowski who's a nutritionist out in the states um i mean pete's very knowledgeable um, there's tons of people, tons of people who've got lots of lots of different ways that you can um, you can get educated and think about it in the round as well. So it's not just what you eat. It's eating. It's drinking lots of water rather than sugary drinks. It's um, how you think and your attitude, what you say to yourself, all of those yes. things, which, of course, what you work in, which is the whole coaching yeah. piece. Um, it's getting enough sleep. It's astonishing how big, a, big an impact the quality of your sleep has on your weight gain. You wouldn't believe it. The whole of that, the whole body system thing is really um, astonishing how it all interconnects and how it all fits together. Marvellous, absolutely incredible, fabulous advice. And not just advice from somebody who has experienced it and you've well, you know, six stone, 84 pounds is a phenomenal amount of weight and it's incredibly admirable, inspiring and solid advice. Really fantastic. And that's part two of your journey. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yes, it leads us nicely to part three, actually, which is very much interconnected. So, so here I am, management consultant, much healthier than I used to be, but back at work. And um, I'd done this coaching program with Pete Cohen and he, he'd launched from that he launched an online coaching program called mi365 my365 which is still running so and he's got lots of free content that people can access um and he did a meetup probably the april yes april 2016 and i was chatting to him and i'd say i was sort of saying he, he'd done something on you know what's your life's purpose 
what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And I'd said to myself, I know, if I knew I couldn't fail, I'd quit this job and I'd be a writer. So it was sort of vaguely in the back of my mind and I was thinking, when I'm 55, I'll take early retirement and that will pay me enough money to be able to just write. So that was in my mind. I met him at this meetup. First time I met him, properly met him. And we got chatting and I said, you know, if I could do anything, of course, what I'd really do is quit, quit the job, be a writer. But of course, writing doesn't make any money. So, you know, it's got to be once. And that's what I said. And he just sort of said, oh, well, I'll have to see what we can do about that. <laughs> People say that kind of crap all the time. You know, they say, oh, well, you know, you, well, you, you, you'd be surprised what, um, you know, what people can achieve and all of that kind of homily yeah. stuff that people throw out. And he said that. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. He phoned me the next day. He said, for our new My365 community, we want to create a journal and I need someone to write the introduction. Would you help me out? And I'm thinking, well, number one, I'm thinking I'm out of my mind. I've got too much going on. And then another part of me is going, is this for real? And another part's going, he's a celebrity. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> so all of these things are ticking on in my mind. And I said, yes, because I'm just a girl who can't say no. Um, and so I wrote this introduction and he said, you know, it'd be quite nice to have some worksheets. What do you think for something he was else he was working on? So I helped him with the worksheets and then there was something else. And I've never stopped working for him. So when he relaunched the My365 coaching piece in the uh, early 2017, I worked with him to pull all that content together. And when he said, I want to write a book in 2018, I helped him with it by kind of doing some of the ghostwriting of it and working with him to assemble the content, all of those things. So I've never stopped working for him. But as part of that, what it made me see was, yes, it is absolutely true to make money as a fiction writer, extraordinarily difficult. But businesses will pay for someone who can write. So in 2017, I quit my job. And I started my own business, which is Creative Words. So it started as purely, I'm going to be a copywriter. And what I discovered so incredibly quickly, in fact, virtually the first two things I did, I wrote something for a client and handed it over to them and then they would say, thank you very much and pop it in their in tray. And that was that. And the consultant come project manager in me was going, yeah, bugger that for a game of soldiers. I'm not gonna do all that hard work just for nothing to happen. So I started saying, well, do you want me to, set it up for you Shall I put it on your website for you do you want me to, to find an image that will go with it and that was where content alchemy came from so it's a total solution for a business that's got no time and we use our our, our vision is to be the gift of time for small businesses because they just I know now I do it myself my own website it's, it's okay don't worry it's all right it's not terrible well it's it needs work and I don't have time. I'm too busy doing stuff for other people. It did make me chuckle when we spoke before we came on air and you said, yeah, I need to look at my website. And I was like, that's what you're doing for other people. Absolutely exactly. brilliant. But it's true. You, you need, yep. we all need support to do something for ourselves sometimes, which is quite amazing. Absolutely. So that was three years ago. Um, it has been hard. It's, I've worked, I, I used to think I worked hard as a, as a management consultant, but I've never worked this hard in my life. But because it's mine and it's a labour of love, I don't mind mostly. Yeah. There are days, like everybody, when you get up. Oh, of course. I, this isn't fair. Especially you have, when you, when you do um, 
when you, you do sort of services to clients, you, you do have days when someone comes to you and says, I need this and I need it today. You're like, do you think you're my only client? Because they all do it. And invariably, yeah. they all come to you on the same bloody day. <laughs> 27 people coming and saying, I need it today. And you, you do a bit of a meltdown. Um, but but it, is, it is what I'm here for. And my, my purpose, my true purpose is to fill the world with wow. So wow is our measure of how well we're doing. So if we send something to a client and they come back and the word wow is in their reply, that's how we measure our success. Oh, I absolutely love that. And there's a lot in what you were saying, and this is more of a coaching angle as well, but there's a lot about mindset, isn't there? Yeah. There's a lot about reflection. There's a lot about visualization as well. Going back to that comment and that question that Pete asked you, what is your purpose? Yeah. To think about, and even when you were saying the reflection on, you know, you, when you were very young, to have that perhaps unconscious bias at the back of your mind that tells you, 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 you can't do this because of an expression that was, or something that was mentioned to you. How we walk through life and the, our sense of self is often clouded by a lot of bias, a lot of other people's opinions, a lot of other people telling you this, that, and the other. Yeah. But then when we reflect and we visualize, actually, if I could do anything, what, what do I want to do? And you allow that moment. It was there my whole life. Exactly. And more often, it's the same for everyone. Yeah. It was more like a woodpecker than a cuckoo clock, kind of banging on my head saying, are you writing it? Are you writing it? Go on, write, it, write another book, publish a book. So it was there my whole life. Um, but, but what, and it's almost, it's one of those things that um, I sort of say to people now is that if it's truly your purpose, whatever it is, it will happen. It will make itself known to you. So you don't need to sweat about, if you don't know what your purpose is, you don't need to sweat about, I don't know what my purpose is, oh my God but it will make itself known to you. And it may not be, it doesn't have to be in the area of career. Maybe, maybe your purpose is just to be the best parent out there. Or maybe your purpose is to just show the way to other people who need help. Or, so, you know, something like that. It doesn't need to be like me, you know, going out and forming a, you know, a, a business and doing all of that kind of thing or publishing books or anything like that. Everyone's purpose is different, but it will it will emerge and it will keep telling you and you kind of have to listen to what yeah. it's telling you and, and let that path unfold. It's journaling, paying attention to the words in your mind, as you mentioned yeah. earlier, and all of that good stuff. I mean, this is an absolutely marvellous way to wrap up what has been an absolutely incredible conversation and a super inspiring story. I mean, honestly, Kate, absolutely marvellous. Um, uh, so much great advice, so much great information and clear evidence of how one can succeed and overcome obstacles, mm -hmm. you know, just from your good self. Really marvellous. Wonderful company you've got, Creative Words. Where can everybody find you? Where are you? What do, you know, if anyone needs help? Well, we do have a website. So uh, go and have a look at the website. It, 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 I mean, I joke about it needs maintenance, but everyone's website always needs maintenance. So creativewords.cc is the website um or you can email me at info at creativewords.cc obviously is the is the email address as well so i'm quite easy to find i have got i have got a the creative words has got a facebook page as well this has been incredible thank you so much for joining me it's been me. my absolute pleasure natalie it's been lovely talking to you what a way to kick start the morning uh, yeah have a fabulous day and uh, thank you very much you too thanks everyone for listening take care look after yourself keep well
You have been listening to Seize the Day with Natalie Miller-Snell. All contact information can be found in the show notes, together with any links to websites I may have referred to in the show. If you've enjoyed this show, please pop over to seizetheday.simplecast.com where you'll find all of my other shows. Or you can visit me at nmscoaching.co.uk. And from Friday the 17th of July, all of my social handle names will be NMS Coaching. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.